60,000 is brought to you in part by RP Funding. RP Funding Inc. is licensed and can offer loans in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia, and is also licensed by the Mississippi Department of Banking and Consumer Finance and by the Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Office is located at 500 Wonderly Place, Suite 300, Maitland, Florida, 32751. Telephone 321-397-4420. RP Funding's nationwide mortgage licensing system ID number is 70168, and Robert Palmer's NMLS ID number is 76197. We're saving thousands with Robert Palmer right here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network. Robert Palmer is the empowering voice that you've been waiting for. He comes to the radio with easy-to-follow guidelines designed to equip you with the tools to better handle the good, the bad, and, yes, the ugly of everyday finances. We're talking about credit cards, bank loans, what we do with our money. I'm talking about you and me. We're not talking about the World Monetary Fund. We're not talking about Harvard Economics here. We're talking about everyday money. You know, we work so hard, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. We get that paycheck, but that's kind of where the disconnect happens. Most of us have no idea where to go beyond there. Robert Palmer refers to that as being a financial zombie. You sort of bounce from late notice to threatening phone call back and forth, and you pay, but you're also paying late fees and all this sort of thing. It gets out of control, and before you know it, your money is disappearing faster than the calendar is going through the days. So we got to change all that. And that's what this show is all about. We're not on the air to sell you anything. We're not on the air to get you to come to a seminar in Orlando, Florida. We're only on the air giving back because Robert Palmer has been very successful in his uh, career. So it's time now to give back. Today, we're going to be talking about allowances. Well, the allowances we give our kids today is not exactly taken the same way as we accepted allowance when we were kids. We'll also go to our Ask Robert or Ask RP segment a lot today. We've got a question on Homestead. We have a question from Jonathan who has a primary residence. He wants to buy a second residence and he wants to know if he can tie the mortgages together. Okay. We're also going to ask a third question to Robert Palmer and that will be from our website, Saving Thousands. And that is with equity, what's the proper time to get a refinance? Okay. And we're going to talk about credit cards and a lot, lot more. So let's get started with the show. You know, Robert, I see kids now getting the allowance, and it's not quite what the allowance was when you and I were growing up. Allowance. A lot of parents kind of look at the allowance. I think the allowance in a lot of ways is a cop-out. Um, I, I think it, I think it's good that, that the kid is given some kind of money, but if you look at the scale it's on, uh, you know, it, it may start to give some kind of bearing of spending, but I think for most kids, allowance has become just pure luxury spending, right? Like It's like, well, we're going to take care of all your essentials, so this allowance is just for you to go blow on whatever you want. Kind of an entitlement. Right? <laughs> yeah, where, where it, I, I would think a better way would be, okay, well, here's your allowance, and out of that, you have to pay for your student lunches, you know, or out of that, you have to pay for school clothes or books. You know, put some type of essentials in there because if the allowance is purely discretionary spending, right, who wouldn't want that? I mean, I would love for someone to come to me and say, okay, Robert, we're going to pay all your bills. We're going to feed you. We're going to take care of all of the essentials so you don't have to worry about it. And then we're going to give you this slush fund on the side that you can go spend however you want. You know, that, that, that doesn't really teach money responsibility. Uh, I think we, we could all live very happily like that. Most of us don't struggle uh, with our slush fund. We struggle with the basics, with the essentials. We struggle with making sure the bills get paid. Uh, and so I think if you really want to set up some type of allowance system with your kids, I'm for one that includes some type of basic necessity charges in there. And again, this is tougher for parents. You know, it's like, well, hey, if mom makes you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to pack to school, we're going to take 50 cents out of your, your piggy bank, right? Mm -hmm. if, if you, you know, if you go buy a school lunch, I don't know how much that is today, a couple bucks, you know, or if you go, if it's the summer and you go up to a restaurant with your friends and you spend 10 bucks, you know, these are your choices. You can have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich made by mom for 50 cents all the way up to you going out and blowing it, whatever. But, you know, this is going to start to teach more responsibility than just, okay, well, here's your allowance and you get to spend this on junk. Um, you know, try to bring back some of that allowance into necessities because when you look at our budgets, you know, what percentage of your spending every month, Rob, is on necessities versus junk? The oh, bulk yeah. of it's necessities. I'm telling right? you. Right? <laughs> you know, but, but these allowances just teach our kids how to spend the money on junk. Uh, and so I think the other thing, too, is to kind of discuss with the kid, hey, you know, here's your allowance. You know, how do you think you're going to spend this? You know, and, and, and two, it's, it's kind of cool, Rob. You can see from an early age if, you, if your kid is, is naturally inclined to be a spender or a saver. Right. Right. You know, so I've got some friends with kids and, you know, some of them will just hoard that allowance. You know, they, they get that and they just tuck it away somewhere. 
and save it up for the big purchase. And then you've got other kids who it's like they get 10 bucks and they're going straight down to the store and blowing it on complete garbage. There you go. You know, so I, again, there are some merits to it, but it's not just about handing them the money and seeing what they do with it. Uh, when, when you're handling all the essentials, you know, there's, there's got to be some, some charges in there. There's got to be some more lifelike, reality-like things that go in there because the whole point is we're trying to build good spending habits. And good spending habits uh, start with the essentials, taking care of the essentials first, uh, and then, you know, moving. And the other, the other thing I think is kind of interesting is, so you'll have parents that they'll give their kids an allowance, right? And then the kid wants something that they can't afford with their allowance. So now the parent, you know, probably bends and gives it to them or, or maybe tells them no. But what, what I don't think anyone's doing, which they should, is nobody's loaning them the money, right? So you want to buy a $300 Xbox and you don't have the money. That's fine. I'll loan it to you. And you're going to pay me back with interest out of your allowance. And now we've got a great lesson coming down the pipe in how credit works and how borrowing money works. Well, you don't have the 300 bucks today. I'll give it to you. And you're going to pay me back $10 a week or $20 a week or whatever out of your allowance. And they may say, well, well, dad, that's, that's two-thirds of my allowance right there. Well, yeah, that's, that's how credit works. You know, you want to borrow the 300 bucks today from the bank of, of dad to buy that Xbox. You know, and, and you're going to pay me back out of your allowance with interest. And so that Xbox that you just bought for 300 bucks is going to end up costing you 400 because you're going to pay me back $100 in interest because the bank of dad has a very high interest rate. You know, again, think about the, the opportunities we have to teach our kids these lessons at a young age. And we're just, we're not doing it, Rob. And this is, Amen. you know, this is something big. You know, one of the books I've got coming out is going to be on personal finance for children. And it really gets into these nitty gritties and, and, and the plans and the little things we can do uh, to try to make to try to make the, uh, teaching our kids about finance a little more realistic, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's my gripe. With, my, well, my first gripe with the school system is that a lot just don't have it at all. But then those that do have it, it's not realistic. It's, it's archaic. You know, it, it's not, again, it's the, it's the equivalent of giving a child an allowance. It's only for, you know, for the slush, for the junk, and not having them learn any responsibility or have to worry about the essentials. And a lot of the schools and, and any type of financial literacy out there doesn't get into the real world, doesn't talk about, you know, the pain points. Well, if you borrow this money today, here's how much you're going to have to pay back. If you can't pay it back, here's what's going to happen. You can cause seven to 10 years worth of damage. Most people have no idea, right, how long a bad decision with a credit card or credit can haunt you, you know, until it's too late. You know, I meet people all the time that they're trying to purchase a home. And because of some, some mistake they made three years ago, five years ago, you know, when you're, when you're 25 and you make a mistake that's going to haunt you until you're 30, right, or you're 23, and you make a mistake with credit that's going to haunt you until you're 30. These are big. I mean, that's a long time. I mean, that, you know, when, when you're in your 50s, 40s, 50s, five, seven years isn't as long. When, when you're talking about 23 to 30, that's a big chunk of your oh, life yeah. gone at that age, affected by an inability to get credit because you have bad credit because you made, you know, bad decisions, right? And, and you know, the other big thing is really talk about, you know, talking through purchases with the kids, both on your side and their side. You know, well, here's what we're going to purchase as a family, and, and here's the decisions and struggles we had to make. Here's why we want to do it. Same thing with the kid. Hey, let's talk through why you want that Xbox, you know, and is it really worth two-thirds of your allowance for the next 12 months or you know, however long it is uh, in order to pay for that? You know, what, what's it going to take? What kind of sacrifices are you willing to make? Because that, it's always trade-offs, right? I mean, that, we, we can afford pretty much anything we want if we're willing to make the right sacrifices. You know, if, if I'm willing to go get a roommate and, and live in a two-bedroom apartment and, and, and cut my rent down to a couple hundred bucks a month, and I could afford a whole lot more over here. If I want a really nice house with a big mortgage payment, then I'm going to be able to afford a whole lot less over here. And so there's definitely this give and take and sacrifice, and, and our kids need to know about it. Our kids need to understand it. Our kids need to understand and, and be moving toward becoming financial ninjas at a young age. And I told you, Rob, my, my kind of vision is I want a world where the same way an eight-year-old can pick up an iPad and, and, and do stuff with it that amazes their parents, I want them to be able to, to talk about credit scores yeah. you know, and, and recite the, the perfect credit mix of revolving accounts and installment accounts and proportions of balance, you know, revolving limits to high balances and, you know, and average age of accounts and, and, and to know and, and say, you know what, if I get that credit card, it's going to hurt my credit score and I don't want to do that. You know, to understand these concepts at a young age so that they are prepared and empowered and when they walk onto that college campus or they get that call from the student loan company, you know, that they're very conscious. Well, if you're just tuning in, we are saving thousands with Robert Palmer. That's right. We're saving thousands with Robert Palmer. And I wanted to remind you 
that right now is the time for you to literally save thousands. I mean a lot of money. You could be saving three, four, five, six thousand dollars if you decide to refinance your home right now before the end of the year. Now that doesn't mean the whole transaction has to be completed. I simply want you to apply. Go to rpfunding.com or call 855-773-8634, 855-773-8634. You only have until the end of the year, okay? But if you do that, Robert Palmer is going to pay all, that's right, I said all of your closing costs on your refi. You know, a lot of times, those of you with equity have probably thought about a refi, and then you've thought, boy, it's going to cost me so much to get the refi, it's going to take years to recoup. But no. Not now, because with Robert Palmer, right now, there's no lender fees and there's no closing cost. I can't emphasize that enough. Those doc stamps, all the recording fees, all of that stuff that has to be done, the title, all that. Okay, it's being paid for by Robert Palmer. Last I checked with Robert, Robert, you paid out over $4.7 million and yet you still want to spend more. I know you cut back on your advertising so you could afford to do this. And this is a boon, a win-win for our listeners. So, folks, you've got to make the phone call now. All you really need to do is take, oh, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 minutes. That's all it's going to take for you to give some information to our licensed mortgage professionals and start the ball rolling. That's all you've got to do. But you've got to start that ball rolling before the end of the year. So call this number. Go to 855-773-8634, 855-773-8634, or simply log on to rpfunding.com, rpfunding.com, and start the application process now. We'll have all the way till the end of February to close on this thing. But meanwhile, take advantage of what you could do with a refi, the things that you could do with that, and we'll talk more about that as the show goes on. But act now, 855-773-8634. Six three four. Robert, we have an Ask RP or an Ask Robert from our Saving Thousands website, and this is Reagan in Tampa. Reagan wants to know what is the homestead in Florida. What what is that? So here's what's going to happen. Uh, if the person you bought the home from already had homestead, then that should carry you through uh, until you close uh, or until the following year when you have time to file homestead. Mm-hmm. So you have to file homestead by March. And you have to go down to the county. When you buy a new home, you have to file it once. You don't have to file it every year. Okay. You file it one time. And unless they have reason to believe that you're not living in the house, they'll leave you alone and let you keep it. Mm-hmm. Now, if they think you've moved out, if they think you don't live there anymore, whatever, then they may try to revoke your homestead. And then you have to go talk to them about that. This happened to me at my beach house. So when uh, when I first opened RP Funding, Rob, I actually moved to Jacksonville. Right. Uh, and my plan was to open RP Funding in Jacksonville because that's where my house was on the beach up there. Uh, you know, on the beach up there in Jacksonville. And so uh, I, I tried to open the mortgage company up there. It just didn't work out because all of my staff was here because everyone I knew, all the underwriters, the closers, the funders, all the people I needed to be a successful lender were here in Orlando. Mm-hmm. But I moved to Jacksonville. I did not have a house uh, in Orlando, and I, I lived there. But the problem is I worked so much I was almost never home. And so they decided that I did not actually live there, and they took my homestead exemption away. That's not good. And I had to go argue with them about it. And uh, so anyway, it, it happens occasionally, but most of the time they're going to leave you alone. But you do have to go down and file that first time. And if you forget to file – your tax bill can jump up between five hundred and a thousand dollars a year, and and then what's going to happen Ooh. is so so think about this: we're escrowing based on a thousand dollars, and all of a sudden it goes to two thousand dollars. But we don't find out until a year. So now we're a thousand short for paying this year, and we're going to be a thousand short for paying next year. Oh no! And so what happens is your monthly payment would actually go up by like a hundred and fifty, hundred eighty bucks. Mm-hmm. So your payment's going up by a ton, right? Because we got to cover the thousand for this year and the thousand for next year. And it can really make a dent in people's payments, all because they forgot to go down to the county and file homestead exemption. So I guess we're saying to uh, Reagan that the homestead is for people who actually live in Florida versus those who own property here, own homes here, but they don't live here. It's an yeah, investment. Yeah, the key is to live in that house. So you can file ah. homestead on one property, in your, the one you live in, your homestead property, your primary residence, uh, the, the address on your driver's license, the place you live. You can get a tax break. Right. Because in Florida, we want to be able to charge higher taxes, like you said, to on investment properties and on out of state people. We want to give a break to the person actually living in that house. And so the person living in the house gets a fifty thousand dollar exemption on the value of their home. Right. So if you buy a if you buy a hundred thousand dollar house and the assessed value is eighty thousand, that homestead exemption will drop you down to thirty thousand. And now you're only being taxed on thirty thousand dollars. So it's it's significant. It's very significant. 
and you don't want to miss that. Now, if you buy a home that doesn't have homestead exemption previously, so say you buy a home, maybe the home went into foreclosure, the people had already moved out, the county came in and revoked their homestead exemption because they weren't living there, you can get a nice surprise in that once you file homestead exemption, your taxes can drop. So it's important to understand when you're buying a home, does the home currently have homestead exemption on it? Mm-hmm. So you can expect the nice, you know, so you can keep keep it the same. And if you don't file, you'll get the, the bad surprise of it going up. Or does the home not currently have homestead? So when you file next year, you'll get a nice surprise of the taxes going down. So because it is a significant impact on your monthly payment. Hey, Robert, let me take this opportunity between topics to introduce SavingThousands.com. That is SavingThousands.com, the website. One of the most important things that you will find on Saving Thousands, and again, when you're going into your computer, you must spell out the word thousands. But one of the coolest things on there is a list of rules, call them guidelines, whatever you want. They are really kind of the GPS for your day-to-day money. Get where I'm going with this? You know how you get in your car and you're going to maybe a place you've never been before? So you put in the address or the destination and your GPS takes you there, okay? Now, if you want financial empowerment, how about going to the 15 Saving Thousands Rules to Success? Those would be the milestones, so to speak, to get you to where you want to go. That's right. So you go ahead and you go to savingthousands.com. You look at the top of the home page. And you'll see some tabs you can hit on. And one of those is the rules. Well, when you click on the rules, you're going to find 15 very easy to follow rules or guidelines that are going to help you through each and every day of your life. If you follow those rules, I guarantee you something. Within a couple of days, you're going to notice something. You're going to notice that when you open up your wallet, there's more money in there. When you look at your bank accounts, your credit card accounts, when you look at everything at the end of a month, you're going to be saying, something has happened in my monetary life. And that something is simply following 15 very easy to follow rules. We're not asking you to give up anything. We're not asking you to go on a starvation diet. We're not asking you to stop buying things. We simply want you to incorporate the 15 saving thousands rules into your everyday economics. And you're going to find out that you've got a lot more money at the end of the day, the week, and the month. I guarantee you that. All right, Robert, let's go back to our Ask RPs, our Ask Roberts from the website. And this one is from Jonathan. Jonathan says, I own a home, but I want to purchase a second home. And what I want to do is get a mortgage that will cover both of them. Is this possible? All right. So first off, uh, you use the word second home. And then you talked about a rental. rental. That, that's, a, that's a problem, right? So, and again, I get this. I mean, Jonathan's not in the industry, and he sure. probably doesn't mean what we mean by second home. But I right. do want to explain to our audience that uh, there, there are three types of residences when it comes to finance, okay? And these make a difference to us because they carry different levels of risk, and they have different interest rates. So the first is your primary residence. Mm-hmm. All right, then when we use the term second home in the industry, uh, we're talking vacation home, right? So this is a home that you are going to spend time in. You are not going to rent it out. This is your second home. This is your vacation home. Uh, and what we find is there is a lower risk to us as a lender for someone who is buying a vacation home that they're going to to use personally oh, yeah. versus a home they're planning on renting out. And the reason is, if you're buying a, a vacation home for your own personal use, you are planning on making the payment out of your personal funds for the entire year. Mm -hmm, If mm -hmm. you are buying an investment property, that means you are planning on hopefully having a tenant or a renter who makes the payment for you. So what happens if said tenant or said renter does not make the payment for you? What happens if they lose their job? What happens if they flake out? What happens if they pack up in the middle of the night and disappear? Now you don't have the money coming in Mm -hmm. to pay that payment. And you were never planning on paying the payment out of your own money the way you were if you were buying a vacation home that you were just going to have. And you're like, hey, you know, honey, we're doing well this year. We love to go down to New Smyrna Beach. Let's buy a little condo on the ocean over there, and we're not going to rent it out. We're just going to use it for our personal use. We can afford the $1,000 a month in our budget. Let's do it. Let's reward ourselves. That's different than saying I'm going to buy a condo, and I'm going to rent it out. I'm going to make money off of it. And all of a sudden, if I ever had to pay that 1000 a month out of my own pocket, I would be in trouble. And, And so- Again, Rob, this again gets into risk. So if you can afford the rental property without a tenant, then if things ever go wrong, you will call it, you'll be okay. You can Very afford good. to make the payment. If the only way you can afford that rental property is by having a tenant in there and by utilizing the rent to offset the payment, what happens when the tenant moves out? What happens when the tenant files bankruptcy? What happens when the tenant can't make the payment? 
you now cannot afford to make the payment. So while there are some loan programs that will allow us to consider the potential rental income of an, of an investment property, they have a lot of other gotchas. We want to see a lot of months of reserves. Mm-hmm. We want to see a lot of history, maintaining rental properties. It's not just an easy yes. And, and my personal advice is if you cannot afford the rental property with it being vacant, if you can't afford to go 12, I want you to sit there right now and say, if I had to go 12 months oh. without a tenant, would it destroy my life financially? And if the answer is yes, then don't buy the rental property because you never know. Mm-hmm. And the last thing you want to do, and I understand why people buy rental properties. I mean, they're, they're trying to better themselves. They're trying to build for wealth. They're trying to expand their financial situation. But if you are not in a financial situation where you can afford to go 12 months, and will you ever have to go 12 months? Probably not. But who knows? I mean, who would have ever thought home prices could drop? the way they dropped in 2008 and 9, right? Rock. So if you can't afford to go 12 months without getting a dime of rent, my advice to you is do not buy that rental property. Do not take the risk. Do not put your finances in jeopardy by taking on something you can't handle. Buy a smaller rental property, All right. right? Maybe you've got maybe you've got 20 or $30,000 for the down payment, so you're thinking you're going to buy a nice little $100,000 investment property. Go buy a $30,000 investment property cash or buy a $60,000 investment property and have the mortgage be low enough that you could afford to pay it. The other thing I will tell you to be cautious of, the same conversations we just had. If $60,000 home A is a condo and the monthly dues are $1,000 a month, that will be more than your mortgage payment. This is a problem. Uh, So keep all that in mind. You've got to look at the homeowner association or condo dues, the property taxes. And here's the other gotcha with an investment property. You don't get to file homestead exemption. So if you're buying a house, right? So if I'm buying Rob's house, Rob lived in the house, Rob had homestead exemption, and now he's selling it to me and it's going to be my rental property. The county will find out that there's no longer an owner-occupant there. They will revoke the homestead exemption and the taxes will go up by seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a year. I'd say. Instantly. So don't be fooled as you're looking at this and saying, well, these property taxes are only a thousand dollars a year. Uh, if the person you're buying it from has homestead exemption, you need to call the county and find out what the property tax bill will be when it's an investment property and there is no longer homestead exemption. And we welcome your questions right here to the Saving Thousands radio show. All you need to do is go on to Saving Thousands, the website, and there is a portal there that you can click and a form will appear and you can ask RP. Matter of fact, let's go to that site right now. I want to take you on sort of a virtual tour especially those of you that are driving (laughs) that's right if you're not driving and you're sitting someplace uh, where you can open up your computer your laptop uh, play along it's the home version so uh, play along with me right now you're going to go to savingthousands.com the site will open up there's some nice pictures of robert palmer himself okay you're going to find along the top of the home page some really valuable valuable tools the first is the rules. We talked about the rules during the last break. Now, next to that is radio shows. Very self-explanatory. What's happening there is you click on radio shows and you will have the opportunity on demand at your convenience to listen to past shows by category and by date. All right. Just go a little bit further along the top of that homepage and you'll see station listings. Those are stations that currently carry the Saving Thousands with Robert Palmer show. So you'll get to see the station. You'll get to see when it carries the show, what day and what time. A lot of stations carry us sometimes once a day, sometimes twice a day, some just once a week. You never know. So you've got to look at the map and you've got to look at the list. That would be station listings. Just to the right of that is something that we've done a lot of today, and that's Ask Robert. Right here, we call it Ask RP. And when you click on Ask Robert, At the savingthousands.com website, you're going to find a form. And you simply ask your question with total confidentiality. Robert will write you back and respond to your question privately. But also, without using your name or giving up your identity, we will simply maybe pick up that topic on a show. Because if you want to know something about that, well, there's probably thousands of other people out there that have the very same question on their mind. There's one more thing to point out at the top of the homepage, and that is Home Value Hotline. If you click on that, a form will pop up. You fill out the form, and you will get the most precise evaluation of your home 
for sale or for refi with no strings attached. And that is accomplished by utilizing through the Robert Palmer family of companies and people that Robert does business with in the community, utilizing the best minds in real estate and mortgage in your particular market, the people that actually set the prices on homes each and every day through their real estate and uh, banking operations. They're the ones that are going to maybe call you, maybe uh, write you and just say, okay, tell us more about the home. Because the more they know about your home with no strings attached, the more they know about your home, the better they can give you the value. Okay. It's as simple as that. Now let's get back to Robert Palmer. We got a couple, Robert, that wrote us, and I don't want to give away their names here, but they wrote and they said, Robert, we need to free up some money. We have some equity in our home. We've lived in it for 30 years. So we've been hearing about reverse mortgages. And, and Robert, these people want to know what you think of that. So here's what I will tell you. Uh, right now, a reverse, and we don't offer reverse mortgages yeah. because I don't think they're a good deal for consumers. I think they're, they're downright terrible. Now, for some people, it is the only, it's the only resort, right? Yeah. If, you, if you see, in order to get a HELOC, in order to get a home equity line of credit, you have to have good credit and you have to have income. Mm-hmm. And so if you have good credit and income, the reverse mortgage is a bad option. If you, however, do not have good credit and you do not have income, then you have no choice. Yeah. And so it may be the right choice for you because if you really need the money and you have no other option, it's there for you. However, if you can take a different choice, and so here's the reason why. The fees on a reverse mortgage are really, 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 <laughs> really, 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 really expensive. Never and, and so here's what happens. So if your home uh, is worth $200,000, you're only going to get, say, hundred grand, but they're going to charge you fees based on the 200000 so FHA is going to charge you four, five, six thousand dollars in mortgage insurance premiums. The loan originator gets a two percent origination fee, which is based on that higher amount. I mean, the 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 closing costs are through the roof, and then the interest rate is in the fives. It's like I think it's like five point five six. It's oh. been a while since I've done reverse mortgages, so my Ouch. numbers may not be perfect, but in principle, what I'm telling you is accurate. Uh, so reverse mortgages interest rates are in like the mid fives. Mm. You can get a home equity line of credit right now at three and a quarter. You know, three and a half. They're prime based. And in most banks won't charge you any closing costs for home equity line of credit nice. because it's not like it's not a federally insured mortgage. It's not an FHA mortgage like a reverse mortgage is. Mm-hmm. There's no mortgage insurance premium. So that's the other thing on that reverse mortgage on top of the five and a half percent interest you're going to pay. You're also going to pay mortgage insurance premium to FHA. And so, I mean, the, the cost is so expensive. Oh, it, it's sh- it is almost twice as expensive on monthly on the monthly amount being added to your mortgage. Uh, as a HELOC would be or a normal forward mortgage would be. And that's the other option is get a forward mortgage. You know, and, and what people yeah. say is, well, well, with the reverse mortgage, we don't have to pay it back. Well, that's great. Uh, but with the forward mortgage, you could borrow enough extra money that you could use some of the cash you get to make the payments. I like and that. And you're not going to pay all these egregious fees. I like so that. right now, we'll do a refinance on a regular forward mortgage with no closing costs. So if you're looking at plan A is a reverse mortgage where the interest rate is going to be in the mid fives, Ooh. you're going to pay mortgage insurance, even though you're only getting 50%. Right, Rob, normally you only pay mortgage insurance if you're going above 80%. Oh, yeah. On a reverse mortgage, even though you're only getting about 50% of the money, you mm-hmm. still pay mortgage insurance and you pay it forever and it goes up every month because the balance goes up. Crazy. So to me, a better solution would be, so on a $200,000 home, on a reverse mortgage, you can get about $100,000 and you're going to pay probably 20000 in closing costs. I mean, it's insane. Oh, I could give you a forward mortgage for 160000 80% of the 200000 You could take 60000 of that and use it to make the payments and clear the other 100000 without paying all the egregious fees, and the interest rate's going to be in the threes instead of in the mid-fives. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's, it's a very different deal. I'm, I am not, I'm not a fan of reverse mortgage. I used to be. So the gap between them and affordability used to be much closer. Uh, but what happened is as, as people got greedy and as the salespeople realized they could make $13,000 in commission— by doing reverse mortgages or $26,000 in commission on a $200,000 reverse mortgage, the greed set in and the rates went up and the rates went up and the fees went up and the fees went up. And we just, we got out of it. I didn't want to be associated with it. And two, I I think that, and now, so actually HUD is changing reverse mortgage guidelines and they are adding a financial uh, check. So now you have to, you have to have good credit and have to have income to be able to pay the taxes and insurance or else they're going to give you even less money and they're going to hold money aside for all that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that may be the tipping point that pushes a lot more people to normal traditional mortgages. And at the end of the day, it's shop around. Take what you're going to pay on the reverse mortgage and compare it to what you would pay on a forward mortgage with no closing costs through our special right now. Compare it to what you would pay on a home equity line of credit through your bank and make the best decision for you. The number one mistake people make on reverse mortgages, they think, oh, well, since I'm not making payments, it's not costing me anything, which is very incorrect. That interest, that mortgage insurance, all those costs are being added to your balance each and every month. And what happens is you wake up four or five years later and all of your equity has been erased because it all went to fees and closing costs and interest rate. And it's just a really bad situation. 
Once again, you are saving thousands with Robert Palmer. I love my job. Robert, I got to tell you, I think I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I get to come in here, sit down in the studio with you, broadcast to stations throughout the United States, giving people empowerment, giving them the strength, the tools to get through life and at the end of the day, have more money. What better job could there be than giving back to the people? I love it. And you even pay me to do it. That is so great. You know, Robert, a few minutes ago, I was talking about savingthousands.com, the website that you created. And the website is is now really, really sustained and powered, if you will, by a lot of very, very talented writers and researchers. And the articles they come up with, they're articles about you and me. I mean, they're articles that truly fit into our life. Here's one. Refinance your home through HARP in three easy steps. You know, HARP, HARP is that government program that was introduced after the housing meltdown. Well, HARP is still alive and well. You just don't hear too much about it. There's another article that you are really demanding a lot right now. We can tell by going into our computer algorithms and seeing how many people are reading these articles. Here's one. Low house appraisals. Is the deal off? Does a low home appraisal mean the deal is off? The third article that's really streaming right now is student loan tips for a recent graduate. How are you going to handle those gigantic student loans? Here's an article that's going to walk you through that very thing. And finally, use these steps when you're getting your first car loan. That is a rite of passage, isn't it? That very first time you go in there and you get a loan for a car, that's major. That kind of means I'm a grown-up person now, right? Well, read that article before you go too far in that. Okay, let's take a look at our audience. Robert, most of the people in our audience, I'd say 99% have credit cards, right? You agree with that? Okay, 99% of those people have credit cards, but I bet you of that 99%, 99% of those people have no idea what their interest rate is, what fees that they're paying. I mean, credit cards can cost a lot of money if we don't manage them properly. Credit cards are a big deal. I'm actually going to put together a grid of the good ones, right? So I'm, I've, reached, really? I've reached out to a handful of banks. Uh, obviously, that mid-Florida card's going on there. That's a great one. If they even still even offer that thing. I've had it for, I've had that card for like 12 or 13 years. I don't even know if they still have a, a 9.99 fixed uh, credit card. But I it, know a lot of people that go through a one. Fairwinds here in Florida yeah, yeah, for yeah. their cards. Fairwinds is great. Car loans? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. There again, you go through them, you go to the dealer, you're in control, right? The consumer has to be in control. You let that F&I guy at the dealership handle you, oh, you just lost. So there's a lot of benefit. If, if you have never looked at a credit union, I would recommend taking a look at them. Um, they're, they're great for a, a lot of things, financial and, and credit related. It's the difference between a, a $2,900 a year interest payment and a $990 a year interest payment. So that's a, and that's a big deal. It's something you gotta, you gotta be aware of. You gotta shop around. You know, I think, I think a lot of people don't even think to shop around for a credit card, right? They, they, they need a new credit card. They get the credit card offer in the mail. They just kind of take it or they're in line at the department store and they just kind of take it. And, and these rules apply to everything, car insurance, credit cards, picking a financial planner, getting a mortgage, buying a car, anything in your life, you've got to shop around because you just, how do you know if you're getting a good deal if you haven't talked to somebody else? You know, well, the guy on TV says that his Kia is $8,000 less. Well, maybe it was just marked up $8,000 to start with. I don't know. You don't know. The only way to know is to look at three of them and compare them, you know, and look at three different kinds of cars and three different kinds of dealers and three different dealerships, you know, and, and three different credit cards and three different mortgages and compare the only i mean that see one of the great things we have as human beings rob is this cognitive reasoning right like we, exactly. we can we can make comparisons we can look at this and look at that and figure out which one's better for us but you can't make that reasoning comparison you can't decide which one's better for you if you only have one option and and this is something that big financial institutions know right and where they know it the most is when people go to refinance their mortgage all right this is this is where they know because people say well my mortgage is already with Big Crazy Bank, and so I'll just go back to Big Crazy Bank. And so what I will tell you is Big Crazy Bank gives a worse deal to their previous and existing customers than they do to a new customer off the street because they know the probability of that customer shopping around goes down dramatically when they're already a customer. Yeah. So like right now, uh, I met a great listener at dinner the other night, Rob, uh, really nice guy. Well, that's a guy uh, that knew everything about you yeah, from these shows. Yeah, really, really nice guy named John. Awesome, <laughs> really awesome guy named John. Uh, we were at Kobe, the Japanese steakhouse, so you're all kind of at the same table. And so we started talking about the show, and and he actually just refinanced with RP funding. Uh, but but he so he tried to call his big crazy bank first because in his mind it's like which they know 
He was just going to use his big crazy bank. But they didn't get back to him. They dropped the ball, and he said, "You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call somebody else." So he he called RP mm-hmm. Funding and got our no closing cost deal. And so I had him testify to the rest of the table that there really were no closing costs <laughs> because some people still think it's 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 not real. Um, but you know, he wasn't going to shop around. He was just going to take what the crazy big bank was going to offer because it, that's who already had his mortgage. And for a lot of people, and they know this, and they know this, and this is why they charge more on refinancing their own loans. Because they know you're less likely to shop around. It just shows how the power of shopping around and making a couple phone calls. In this case, uh, I want to say he saved like $4,000 in closing costs by going with us over them when they finally did get back to him. Mm-hmm. $4,000. And that's, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of savings. So how can you do that? Well, it's simple. you got to shop around. And so you know, one of the great things we have going on right now is the no closing cost refund. Exactly. And so I haven't talked about this a lot during the week. Uh, I talk about it a lot on the weekend show. But let's get into this here on the week. So uh, – I had this this crazy idea. It was February because the January we didn't do it at all. Most of February, so maybe March, okay. March, April, yeah, three, two, three months. Uh, and so I had this epiphany that I, I spend a lot of money on advertising, right? Buying TV commercials and radio commercials yes, and sure. sending out direct mail because I got to get the word out. Like I need people to know that we don't charge lender fees and we do all this great stuff and and all about RP funding. NMLS number seven zero one six eight. That's our license number. Right. Uh, and so I said, you know what? Let me try something. I'm going to take two and a half million dollars out of the advertising budget, right? So I'm going to cancel some commercials on these stations and I'm going to send less direct mail and I'm going to cancel some of my Google pay-per-click and I'm going to take two and a half million bucks out of the advertising budget and I'm going to use it to pay all the closing costs when someone refinances with RP funding, all right? So when you go to refinance, there's all these closing costs, three, four, five thousand dollars worth. There's doc stamps, there's intangible tax, there's uh, credit report fees at some lenders, there's appraisal fees, there's all mm-hmm. these things you have to pay. And right now, if you refinance through RP funding, I'm paying all of them with the money on my advertising budget. You see, people will call here and they will hear about this. And the first question is always, well, how are you doing that? Where's the money coming from? That's right. Are you building it into the loan? Are you hiding it in a pillow? Are you sticking it on the back end? What are you doing? No, I took it out of my advertising budget. It's what I did. I took two and a half million bucks out of the advertising budget. I am using that two and a half million dollars to pay all the closing costs when someone refinances with RP funding. It's pretty simple. Now, other lenders will tell you, well, he can't do that. Well, I they can't do it because they don't have an advertising budget. I do. Mm-hmm. And so I can take money out of it. And I think people will notice my commercials have been on TV less. Okay. My billboards are gone. That's right. All right. Because I took that money and I'm giving it back to my clients who refinance. Now, this may hurt me, right? Because I don't have as much exposure. I'm not on TV as much as I was. I don't have all the billboards anymore. I'm not sending out as much direct mail. I'm not spending as much money on Google pay-per-click. But what I believe, Rob, I believe that by bribing people to do business with us on refinances, they will then spread through word of mouth. Like John did at the the restaurant. What a great job we did. Exactly. (laughs) And tell friends and family and everyone what a great job we did. And that that word of mouth advertising will be more powerful than what I gave up for $2.5 million in traditional media advertising. Mm -hmm. I may be wrong. If I'm wrong, I will have lost who knows how much money because of all the business we didn't get because I didn't run the commercials and the billboards and everything else. But I believe deep in my heart that giving this money back to the people refinancing with RP funding is going to ultimately get me more purchase business, get me more refinance business because more people will see we do exactly what we say we're going to do. There really are no lender fees. There really were no closing costs on that refinance. We had a great customer service experience. Everything was smooth. RP funding did a great job. That's what I want. And if you tell 10 people that after taking advantage of my no closing cost refinance, where I am literally paying all of your costs with money out of my advertising budget, so you save all that money. I mean, you it's, it's really simple. The only people who lose here are the, the media companies, right? right? So if you feel sorry for the local TV stations and the, the Google guys and the post office for, oh, I kind of feel sorry for the post office, but you know, the radio stations, they're the ones who lost here. Now I may lose in the end. I only lose if you don't tell your friends and family what a great job we did. Because again, I don't have the TV station out there playing my commercials. I need you to be my commercial. I need you to come in here, refinance your loan, See there were no lender fees. See there were no closing costs. See how awesome our staff is. See how great our office space is. See how smooth the process is. See how much money you saved. And then go tell 10 friends. And I think Mm -hmm. that is a better way to leverage the $2.5 million that I sucked out of the advertising budget in order to pay all your closing costs. And if you want to give that a whirl, if you want to be part of the unofficial RP funding advertising team by getting a, a a refinance with no closing costs, 
Just call 855-773-8634. That's 855-RP-FUNDING, 855-773-8634, 855-RP-FUNDING, or you can apply online. Uh, the, there's no obligation to call and have us run some numbers for you. Mm-hmm. There's no obligation to call and see what that looks like. I mean, it's a zero. It's a circle with a line through it. But if you want to see what zero really looks like, we can show you what zero. I mean, more importantly, what we're going to show you is how much of the $2.5 million you're getting. Right, so we'll show you what the closing cost would have been, 2000 3000 4000 5000 depending on your loan amount, and then you will see how much of my $2.5 million you personally stole from the TV stations and the radio stations I- and the billboard companies and everybody else. Uh, that's the numbers we can run for you. But then it has to make sense, too. I mean, you know, you got to be saving enough money on the interest rate. You know, you've got to maybe you're getting cash out to send your kid to college or to buy additional properties or to consolidate your debt, whatever it is. Maybe you want to consolidate or drop your term from a 30 year to a 15 year. The refi has got to make sense. I mean, uh, nobody's just going to refi if they're not going to save money. But we're eliminating the obstacle of the closing costs because I'm paying them all out of the advertising budget. Uh, and you can get your piece of that $2.5 million at 855-773-8634. Uh, what I will tell you is the money is not going to last forever. There is mm-hmm. a finite amount. million. That's how much I pulled out of the advertising budget. 855-773-8634. 855-RP funding. Call now. Let us save you thousands. There's even more financial empowerment coming up right here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network featuring, of course, Robert Palmer. He has had so much success. I mean, I'm really proud to have known Robert over the past 10 years because when I first met Robert, he was starting off to do a radio show. And I was selected. I was lucky enough to be selected to be the host of that show along with Robert. Well, from the very first day, the microphones opened. We got the cue to go on the air. And all of a sudden, I couldn't believe it. Here was a guy who had so much information and such a great ability to communicate with the people listening to the show. And with no notes at all, callers would call in and ask about all of these facets of mortgages and real estate And I was amazed because right off the top of his head, Robert Palmer had all this just flowing. It was amazing to me all the things that he was telling these people and how empowering he was. Now, here it is. Ten years later, we're still doing the same thing, and we're gaining audience. We're gaining radio stations. We're getting more and more out there on the Internet. So it's just great to be able to work here. And there's a whole Saving Thousands team. I mean, goodness gracious, not only do these people put together the radio show, but they put together the Saving Thousands website we talked about. They also put together something called a State of Eyes. A State of Eyes is a website trying to get the younger generation, the millennials, if you will, interested in real estate. All right. There's another website called Real Prospector. Well, what's that all about? Real Prospector is a website that kind of ties the real estate community to you, the real estate buyer. That's right. You'll get a real insight as to real estate and about the lives and the professions of leading realtors right in your area. You get to hear interviews with them, articles that they write, and you're going to learn more and more about home ownership. And again, knowledge is totally power. Knowledge is power. Robert, let's cover one more of our Ask Roberts or Ask RPs, as we like to call them. And this one has to do with refinance. The gentleman writes that he doesn't know when the right time to refinance is, and he wants your direction on it. So here's the deal. So, I mean, refinance is purely a, a financial transaction, right? Mm-hmm. Buying a home, there's some emotion involved, and you you know you love the home, and you want to get in the home. And refinancing is all about dollars and cents and numbers, right? right. I will tell you, Rob, the, the number one profession that I love to refinance is engineers because they get it. And they understand oh. the power of us not charging fees. And they, you know, like we, we probably convert 99% of the engineers that call here. They do business with us because they get it. They, they get the numbers, mm-hmm. right? They, these people live and breathe analytical numbers. So this is it. I hope you're, I hope you're an analytical guy. And I hope if you're listening right now, you want a little analytical training because that's what this whole calculation of refinancing comes down to. So you have an interest rate on your mortgage. You have a balance on your mortgage. Mm-hmm. Let's say said interest rate is four and a half percent. All right. Let's say said balance is two hundred thousand, right? Mm-hmm. That means in rough numbers you will pay nine thousand dollars in interest over the next twelve months, right? Now that number goes down a little bit because each payment drops the balance. So after you know you go from mm-hmm. two hundred to one ninety nine nine. So we're rough numbers, I'm talking like nine grand, right? So if you could drop that interest rate to three and a half percent, now it's going to be seven grand. 
So you will save about $2,000 in interest, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you say, all right, well, I can save $2,000 in interest over the next 12 months by dropping my interest rate 1% on a $200,000 loan. And again, it's a little less than that because the, the balance declines, but it's a good it's a good rough number. Sure. If somebody really wants to get in there and, and run an amortization schedule, I'll teach a whole different class on that and we'll get it down to the penny, right? <laughs> um, but anyway, so this is rough. This is good kind of back of the napkin rough numbers. Sure. So then you say, well, how much is it going to cost me to refinance this home loan? Uh-huh. Well, if you call right now, it's going to cost you zero because I'm paying closing costs with my advertising budget. But that's a whole other story. We'll we'll just forget that for now. So we will say that, what we say, Rob, on a $200,000 loan, the closing costs are about four grand, five grand. What did we say? We did that math yesterday. We did the math and it was just over 4000 Just over four. All right. So about $4,000 in closing costs. And then if you pick one of those lenders who charges underwriting and processing and origination uh-huh. fees and they're paying their sales guy eight grand and all this other garbage, uh, you're probably going to have another two, 3000 to them. So when you get the numbers and you say, well, wow, there's uh, there's $7,000 in closing costs and I'm only going to save $2,000 the first year. So I would need to save money the first year, the second year, the third year, halfway through the fourth year before I make back my $7,000 and before I actually start saving a dime. And you think, well, man, I may not even be in this house in four years. So that's probably not a good deal. Deal or no deal? Mm, no deal. No right? deal. So let's, let's look at the other math. So let's say that, that you're going to save $2,000 the first year. And uh, the cost of the refinance is zero because I'm paying all the closing costs out of my advertising budget. We're doing that right now at RP Funding, NMLS ID 70168. That's our license number, right? We're paying all the closing costs on a refinance out of my advertising budget. So now you look at it and say, well, I can save $2,000 the first year and it costs me zero. Deal or no deal? Hmm, deal. Deal. Right? Yeah, we're going for that one. How many years are you going to be in the house? Who cares? You're saving money at month one. Yeah. Now, here is the other factor. This is what we call the headache factor, the hassle factor. Uh-huh. The it will take some effort on your part to refinance your home loan. Now, we try to make it as absolutely easy as possible. We do. But we still need some paperwork. If you're mm-hmm. self-employed, we need tax returns. If you're a W-2 employee, we're going to need those W-2s and pay stubs. You know, uh, If you are on Social Security retirement, we're going to need some proof of that. Letters from your pension fund or letters from mm. you know the Social Security Administration. We got to prove your income. Got to prove your assets. Got to check your credit. You got to send us that document. You got to e-sign the package. That's probably 30 minutes of your life. You got to show up at a closing or we can send a notary to your house. Either way, your call. It's going to take a couple hours of your life to go through the paperwork and have the notary sign it all. These are things you have to do. So if you sit down and say, what are five hours of my life worth? And, and let's call that a cost, right? So I'm going to say, well, five hours of my life, Rob, I think five hours of my life is worth $500. Okay. okay? So I can save 2000 the first year, but I'm going, to, I'm going to call a $500 hassle factor because I have to show up and participate mm-hmm. in the closing of this mortgage. So take that into account too, right? So if, if, if you're only going to save a couple hundred bucks a year, it's probably not worth the hassle factor. Mm-hmm. Now, financially, it makes sense. See, my engineer buddies, they will take it. They they in will they will do because they will say, well, look, I only make well, uh, Robert, I only make twenty one dollars an hour, and so my you know five hours of my life is a hundred dollars. So if I can save three hundred dollars next year, you know, again that you know the very analytical, mm-hmm. very analytical people will will refinance that to save any amount of money because it is the right financial decision. Other people less less analytical, a little more emotional. It's like, ah, hey, well. My time is valuable. My time is my time. I'd rather go to the movies with my kids. I Completely respectable. Sure. understand it. But so that's the decision you have to make. I can't tell you how much you need to save to justify your involvement in the refi process. I can tell you how much you're going to save by calculating your current interest rate versus mm-hmm. the new interest rate. Uh, I can tell you how much you're going to save if we're going to shave a couple years off your mortgage, right? Say you're going to go, say, mm. you got, say you've got 19 years left on your mortgage and we're going to refinance you to a 15-year mortgage with a similar payment because the rate's better. You can do some quick math and figure out what four less years of mortgage payments does oh, for you, right? Wow. And you can figure out what zero closing costs looks like because it's zero. I mean, it is zero. It's 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 round. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they put a line through it so you don't confuse it with, with the big O. Zero, right? O, zero. That's right. it. That's it. Zero. So I can tell you what zero closing costs looks like. And I can tell you, you can call here right now at 855-773-8634, 855-773-8634, and we'll give you a copy of a, a good faith estimate that shows you what zero closing costs looks like. And you can do some math and say, well, if I'm going to save a thousand bucks a year and it's going to cost me zero, is that worth it or not to me for the amount of my time it's going to take? That's the decision only you can make. So mathematically, it's easy. It's that emotional piece. It's that personal time piece. It's mm-hmm. what's the headache worth, right? I mean, you got to spend some time on the phone with us and we're going to we're gonna probe into your life a little bit. We're going to ask you about where you work and how long you've been there and how much you make and how many kids you got and are you married and what's the spouse, you know, what's their income look like and how much money do you have in the bank and what's your credit score and Oh, you got this, you know, collection from five years ago. What happened there? I mean, we're going to ask you some questions. We're going to dig into your life a little bit. But when the dust settles and you got that brand new RP funding mortgage with a better interest rate, you're going to save money. And it didn't cost you anything because right now on refinances, I'm paying all the closing costs. How can I pay all the closing costs? Well, I would say a good start is I don't pay $8,000 a deal in commission. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a good start. 
What do you think? What do you think is tougher, Rob, to pay four thousand dollars in closing costs or eight thousand dollars in commission? I like it. Right? That's it. I mean, it's that it's simple. It's a pretty simple it's thing. That so even one, even when I pay all your closing costs and I pay my guy their commission, my guy got their commission. I'm at like maybe forty six hundred bucks, and this guy who sent me this letter trying to recruit me to work for his company, he's at eight thousand oh. just on the commission. It's crazy. No wonder he can't. No wonder he says there's no way to do a loan with no closing costs. Oh sure. You know, of course not. You're paying your sales guy eight thousand dollars in commission. I don't know how you sleep at night. <laughs> I know how I sleep at night like a baby. There you go. I save people money each and every day. So mm-hmm. uh, there's the answer, Rob. It, you take the the amount of money you can save by looking at the amount of interest you're going to pay, which is current balance times current interest rate, compared to the amount of money you will pay under the new mortgage, which is current balance times new interest rate. Mm-hmm. And you look at that number, and that's the the first year savings. And you compare that to the cost, which if you call me right now at 855-773-8634, that cost is zero. Nice. And you compare those two, and then you factor in some money for the hassle, right? Yeah. For the, the, the for the time, for the effort. Maybe you want to come down to the office and see us in person, factor in a little gas money, factor in a little mm-hmm. time there, a little wear and tear, mileage on your vehicle, whatever you want to do. Whatever you need to make yourself feel good about the decision. And then make a decision and call us. If you want us to do all this math for you, well, we're happy to. My licensed loan originators, who are not making... $8,000 in commission per transaction oh, will happily calculate and, and help you figure out. And we'll tell you whether it's worth it or not. We tell people, hey, this one this one just didn't worth it, man. You're only you know, you're only saving a quarter point on your interest rate. It's just not worth it. And they'll say, well, Robert, we really want you to service our loan. We really want to move our loan over to RP funding. I'll say, you're only saving like like 100 bucks a year. It's, just, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Just don't. Go keep your mortgage. Right. You know, it's okay. Well, Robert, that brings us to the end of yet another edition of Saving Thousands with Robert Palmer. I want you all to remember the Saving Thousands website. Certainly want you to go to the station listing so you can see as you travel about this time of year, you can see where and when you can listen to our Saving Thousands show. But it doesn't end there. If you've got a smartphone, just simply go to your Play Store and download Saving Thousands Radio. That's right. Download it free, Saving Thousands Radio. Also, are you like so many people that you love to go on iHeart and look around and listen? Well, iHeartRadio, wherever the internet is, iHeartRadio has its own channel called the Robert Palmer Channel. I mean, can you believe that? <laughs> if you go to the iHeart and go to the search engine, all right, and just type in the name Robert Palmer, you can listen to these shows 24 7, 365. I got to tell you, it doesn't get much better than that. And, of course, on the website, you can always go to savingthousands.com and you can listen to past shows that are done by date or done by category. Maybe somebody says to you, you should have heard Robert Palmer last Saturday. Well, you simply go back into savingthousands.com, look up the date of last Saturday, and on demand, you listen to the show. It's great. Financial empowerment is yours to do with and yours to make you a very powerful financial ninja. You will be in charge of your money from then on. The more you listen, the more you read, the more you delve into our websites, the more you listen to our shows that we've recorded over the past 10 years, you're going to learn something new every day and you're going to see in your own economy. That's right. You're going to see how it saves you thousands with Robert Palmer.